Would you turn to Proverbs, the fourth chapter this evening? Proverbs 4, the first verse. Proverbs 4. He said, Hear ye children the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said to me, Let your heart retain my words, keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not and she shall preserve you. What will preserve you? Love her and she shall keep you. What will keep you? Wisdom. Wisdom. Verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Is wisdom important? (laughs) Very important. The principal thing. Therefore what? Get wisdom. Now that's not the same as begging for wisdom. Or pleading for wisdom. Or hoping some way, somehow, wisdom would fall on you. Now do what? Get it. Get it. Can you see there's an emphasis on that word get? Verse 5, get wisdom. Get understanding. Verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore what? Get wisdom. And with all your getting, get understanding. What's the emphasis here? Get it. Get it. The Christian is supposed to have some get it in them. Some get up and go get it. And get after it. Huh? In them. Absolutely. We're supposed to fight the good fight of faith. Right? I remember years ago I was trying to encourage a lady concerning her healing. I said, you know, the Bible said fight the good fight of faith. Resist the devil. you got to resist this thing. She said, Brother Keith, I'm just not a fighter. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm just not a fighter. Well, that's not okay. When it comes to these things, you got to be a fighter of the good faith fight. Right? You must be aggressive to possess your blessings. You must be aggressive to resist that which steals, kills, and destroys. How many know if you try to be kind and soft with the devil and you go, Now, Mr. Devil, you leave me alone and I'll leave you alone. Okay? You know what he'll say? Sure. Sure. Deal? Deal. And then when you turn your back, he's going to nail you. I've heard people say, oh, don't say that very loud. The devil might hear you. <laughs> Do you think you can lay low and he won't notice you? Do you think that you can be friendly and buddy-buddy and he'll let you slide and not try to harass you? and mother? No. So you might as well just get up. Right? And speak out. And not be afraid. Because beside all that, he's been stripped. He's been defeated. He's been brought to naught and under your feet. You have authority over him. That's why the Bible said when you resist him, he'll flee. He'll run. He'll run. 
So we must be aggressive, not against each other, not against people, but against the things that destroy and kill. And we must be aggressive concerning possessing the land. How many know that the Israelites that God delivered out of Egyptian bondage, they had to have some gumption about taking the land, didn't they? The first generation failed and got old and died out there in the wilderness, wandering around in circles. Why? No get it. Exactly right. They didn't have the get it in them. Remember, we talked about last week, Mark eleven twenty four. Jesus said, what things soever you desire, sit in the corner and sing Kumbaya and pray the Lord notices you. No, no. What things soever you desire, do what? Believe, and it's very specific. People say, well, I believe in God. That's great, but you got to go beyond that. I believe he's good. That's great, but you got to go beyond that. Believe what? Believe that you receive them. And he said, you do that, and you'll have them. You'll experience them. You'll enjoy them. You'll see them. You'll feel them. But first, you got to what? Believe, believe that you receive them. Now if you look up that word, in fact in other places in the same King James Bible, that Greek word is translated take. T-A-K-E. Take. So what's he saying? Believe? Believe that you take it. And you'll have it. You'll see it and enjoy it after you believe you take it. You gotta lay hold of it with your spirit. Just like laying hold of it with your hands, you got to lay hold of it with the hands of your spirit and embrace it to yourself and say, it's mine. I've got it now. I've laid hold of it. Right? And don't let anything deter you or discourage you or wear you out. You hold fast to your confession. Well, among the things we're to get, what are we to get according to this passage? Get wisdom. Get understanding. Everybody say get it. Well, if you hadn't been with us, we've launched out to get it a few weeks ago, right? And we're getting. I said, we're getting. I've had some light on wisdom myself just since we've begun. Have you got any? I'm getting light. I'm believing my faith is to increase much in wisdom and understanding. You know what that means? That means you quit doing dumb stuff. Did you know that? How many are all for stopping doing dumb stuff? Are you? Anybody ever done any dumb stuff in the past? Yeah, you don't even have to raise your hand. I know you have. Can doing dumb stuff cost you? Some things you can recover from pretty good. Other things you can't. It ain't all right to be foolish and to act a fool. It can cost you. How many know there's a lot of people that it cost them their life acting a fool? Right? It's sad that there's a lot of, you know, stunts that kids pulled and teenagers pulled just acting a fool, trying to impress each other, and they're not with us anymore. They were cut off. In their young life. That's not the will of God. But one thing is not in. You know. Anybody can do something dumb. But it hasn't been emphasized. 
in every home and in with mothers and daddies setting examples of the wisdom of God that we all are to walk in. It hasn't been emphasized in many churches. And so people have not grown up. I mean, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. I did not grow up with wisdom being held up before me every day. Right? This is wisdom. Get this. Understand this. And the Word says this. And the Word says that. So we have much room we can improve on. Right? In this area. Thank God that uh, we can grow in wisdom to the point where we just don't do some of the stupid and dumb stuff that other people do. And we're spared all the tragedy from the result of that that other people go through. What if you were led by the Spirit all the time in everything? Would your life be different? If you were, now get this, if you were led and I was led by the Holy Spirit every moment of every day, we would never make a mistake. There's no such thing as spirit-led mistakes. <laughs> right? Well, if you make a mistake, don't get discouraged. Learn from it. And say, I'm growing. I'm not going to do that again. Get wisdom. With all you're getting, get understanding. Now, we said that to be foolish or to be a fool literally means to be dull Heedless, it has to do with lack of insight and lack of foresight. The fool is unaware. The fool just does not know what's going on or where things are going or where they came from, just unaware. Wisdom, the word for wisdom, literally means skillful, skillful. You can have a lot of knowledge and be a fool. Did you hear me? Just because you know a lot of stuff does not make you wise. You can be able to rattle off all kind of statistics and quote all kind of reams of information. That doesn't mean you have any wisdom. And just because you have a lot of knowledge doesn't mean you have any understanding. See, he said, don't just get wisdom, but get what? And we went into a lot of detail to see they go hand in hand. Understanding and wisdom. Knowledge is being aware of something. You find out about something. You know it exists. You know it's there. You know it happens this way. Understanding is knowing the why and how of what you know. Right? I mean, you, we talked about this before. You came here in a car, most of you, and you know there's an engine in that car. Right? You might know what size it is. You might know if it's a eight cylinder or a six or a four, but do you understand how it makes its power or how the transmission shifts? Most people don't. But then there's some people that do. They not only know it's a four speed, but they understand how you get from first to second. They understand what's happening inside there. Well, wisdom is something else. It's not knowledge, and wisdom is not understanding. Wisdom is something else. Wisdom is the skill of knowing what to do with what you know and what you understand. And it's from God. 
And it is something you develop in. You become, if you practice at it, and you're hungry for it, and you reach for it, and walk, you know, endeavor to exercise in it every day, you'll become more and more skillful in wisdom, in knowing how to live according to God's standard. Can you say amen? Amen. Listen to, uh, well, in fact, go to Ecclesiastes. You're there close by. Go to Ecclesiastes, the eighth chapter. And to me, this is a good definition of wisdom. Ecclesiastes 8. Ecclesiastes 8.5. It says, Whoso keeps the commandment shall feel no evil thing. Obeying God protects you. Now what's the next phrase say? And a wise man's heart discerns both time and judgment. Listen to the, uh, the Amplified. A wise man's mind, here it says, I like the phrase heart better, I think that's more accurate. Discerns both time and judgment. The NIV says the wise heart will know the proper time and procedure. One thing it will help you down the road of wisdom. And I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. But we'll back up and pick it up again. Is to realize that you do not. You don't have to. You're not supposed to say everything you know. Let's go over that real slow. <laughs> say it out loud. I'm not supposed to, not supposed to say, say everything I think, everything I think or, everything I know. or everything I know. Now, if you just got that one thing and did it, acted on it, it changed your life. The problem is there's too many times that something crosses people's mind and they spit it out and it's foolish. Right? Just because you know something doesn't mean you're supposed to say anything about it. And if you want to be used of God with things that are important and weighty, He has to be able to trust you to keep your mouth shut. Are y'all with me now? I have seen people, God using a word of knowledge. Now, word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation so that you know something that you could not have known otherwise. You know something about the past or about the present or about somebody or some place. You know something that you did not learn through natural means. God revealed it to you. That's a word of knowledge. But you could have a legitimate word of knowledge and not use it wisely. You could use it foolishly. You could actually make mistakes with the knowledge. Just because God reveals something to you, that does not mean you're supposed to grab the phone and call somebody. And go, guess what? Guess what? God gave me a word of knowledge. Well, how many know that there were times when Jesus told people when they were healed, when they were delivered, go tell it. And there were other times what he tell them. 
don't go tell it. I've read after some confused theologians that said Jesus was really using reverse psychology on them. He knew they couldn't help but tell it. And he was just, that's deception. There ain't no way you can make right out of that. If he told them not to tell it, if it's an honest word, what did he mean? And that's exactly what he meant. You can see the negative effects of people not obeying him. There were times he could no longer move about and minister in areas where he was because of them disobeying him. The numerous reasons why he told them. Sometimes he said, tell it. Sometimes he said, don't tell it. And uh, I've seen people, God give them a word of knowledge, and they called somebody out publicly and told it and embarrassed them and missed it. People say, yeah, but it was supernatural. Yeah, but you can misuse supernatural things. But if you do that, then God won't be able to trust you with it. He won't be able to tell you things. And that's one reason why he can't tell a lot of folks some things because he knows they'll blab it. And they'll mess it up and they'll muddy the waters. So they can't be privy to it. But wise people know when to talk and when to be quiet. Are you with me now? This is one of the biggest indicators of a fool or a wise person. It's not my idea. I'm going to show it to you in about 25 verses here in a minute. A wise man or a wise woman's heart discerns the right time and the right way. Take husbands and wives having a big fuss and fight. So many times, let me just take one situation. The Bible said in Proverbs, the ringing of the nose produces blood. And the forcing of anger and wrath produces strife. How many know that's true? If I grab Moe's nose and I just start wringing it and twisting it, what's going to (laughs) happen? If I keep doing it, blood will come. And if people just, they're bent on something and they're going to push it and they're going to push it and they're going to push it in anger, what's that going to produce? Strife. So many times, instead of somebody pushing something so adamantly about what they said or they thought they knew, if they would just ask a question in a soft tone next week, they would have avoided the whole blowout and all the necessary repentance and recovery and everything else. Only a fool keeps ringing your nose. You go, oh, that hurts. Oh, I wish it would quit. Oh, but I got to ring it. That's a fool. Wise man says, "Uh, if I twist that again, it's not going to work. So, Lord, show me what to do. What to say. And so many times, what you need to say, you don't even need to say it today. Are you with me now? 
A wise man, wise woman's heart discerns what? Did you see that? Time. You know when. Back up to the third chapter here in Ecclesiastes. Now folks that have been married for longer than a year or two and have made some progress, can you testify that learning when to talk and when not to is a big thing? Learning when to bring it up and how can save you untold problems, right? Sometimes you just know now's not the time. It's not necessary. There's no need. Well, it's been this way for 10 years. Well, it'll last another day, I imagine then. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Well, I'm tired of it. Well, so? What does that do? I'm aggravated. The wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. I'm going to have my say. Yeah, and it's going to cost you. Sometimes it can cost you more than you ever thought it would. Sometimes people say, I'm gone. Well, no, they have to stay with me. No, they don't. Well, yeah, the Bible says, I don't care. People, there's a world full of people who don't obey the Bible. Right? Well, they have to stay with me. No, they don't. No, they don't. Well, they owe me. Why? People get so messed up in these areas. A wise man, though, knows what to say and how and when. Skillful at using the knowledge you have. Skillful at handling the understanding God's given you. And the more faithful you are to handle these kind of things, the more God can trust you. And he'll tell you about other things. And if you want to be used in the highest levels in intercessory prayer, you have to be faithful. And the Bible says, he that's of a faithful spirit conceals the matter. You're not a blab. If you're a blabber, you cannot operate in the highest levels of prayer. You can't. God can't trust you. You got to be able to him to show you things, even things that are, could be What's the word? Alarming could be disconcerting, could be surprising to you. And yet you don't treat the person any differently. And you don't tell anybody else and make them look bad in front of anybody else. You just pray about it and you leave it with the Lord. Love covers the multitude of sins. But a fool will just blab it all over the place. Try to impress other people that I'm spiritual because I got revelation. But a faith, he that's of a faithful spirit conceals the matter. Did you find chapter 3? It just simply says this in verse 7. 3, 7 says, There is a time to rend and a time to sow. And a time to what? A time to keep silence and what? A time to speak. Most people don't know the difference. For them, it's talking time all the time. From the time they open their eyes till the time they go to sleep and is probably talking their sleep. 
talk, 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 talk. If it crosses their mind, it's coming out of their mouth. That's a fool. That's not my words. That's the scripture we're going to see in just a moment. It tells us that several times. Said out loud, a time to speak. And a time to be quiet. A wise man or woman discerns this is not a time for me to talk. I know I had the privilege of working with my father in the faith, Kenneth Hagin, for a number of years, 20 some years. And there were times people would come to meet him, sometimes fly from halfway around the world to meet him. And he was, you know, obviously a man with many responsibilities, couldn't see everybody, couldn't do everything. But there were times when the Lord would deal with him to do something, especially like leader of a ministry or a big church or something that's needing direction. And uh, there were times I'd be in the back with him getting ready for service and somebody would come in, he'd let them in, and I'd get ready to go. He said, no, you stay. So I'd sit down. What's it time for me to do? I learned pretty quick. When he and I, you know, when you're real young, a characteristic of youth is talkativeness. I'm talking about spiritual youth. Talkativeness. And uh, when we first started, just me and him in there. And he wasn't talkative. So it'd be quiet. And for a while, you know, first few weeks, I thought, man, I'm here with Brother Hagen, the man of God. It's my opportunity to ask my questions. Is that right or wrong? Uh, <laughs> wrong. But see, that's another characteristic of immaturity is selfishness and self-centeredness. I'm supposed to be there to help him. And anybody with any understanding realizes he's got a service in just a few minutes. I don't need to be distracting him from that. But in my immaturity, I didn't. So I asked a question one time. And he said, hmm. (laughs) And that was it. (laughs) And about a week later, I tried to ask another question. And he said, I see. And that was it. So I got a revelation. Don't try to get him to talk about what I think I want to talk about. If he wants to talk, talk about what he wants to talk about. Do you know how wonderful that will work with God? Did you understand what I just said now? Instead of in prayer trying to get God to talk with you about what you want to talk about. See what he wants to talk about. It will open up whole realms to you. But anyway this one particular day I'm thinking about this fellow come in. And uh, Brother Hagin was being very gracious to him. I guess he didn't know it. He had already had two services and he had another one in about an hour. And even let him come in and talk to him. I thought was being extremely gracious. And the guy talked. And he talked. And he talked. And he talked. And he talked about his revelations. And his vision. And what he thought. And what he had seen. And what he had done. And I'm sitting there thinking. You should be quiet. I mean as young as I was. I I knew that. 
And he went on, and he went on, and he went on. Go with me to Proverbs. <laughs> Proverbs, the 18th chapter. And uh, don't let me forget where I was in my story now. Proverbs 18. Look at verse 2. It says, a fool, which none of us are. Am I right or am I right now? A fool has no delight in understanding. Doesn't value it, is not interested in it. Is not hungry for it. Now, so we've already talked about some of the keys to getting more. We're talking about how are we going to get our wisdom? How are we going to get more understanding? One, you got to be hungry for it. We talk wisdom is crying out for us. What do we got to do? We got to cry back. We got to be, he that is hungry and thirsty will be filled. You got to desire it and be hungry for it. Well, here, what does this say? A fool, are they hungry for understanding? No, they have no delight in it. No delight. But what? What is their delight? That his heart may what? Discover. Now that word discover means reveal. Now he's not talking about self-reflection. What's he talking about? Listen to another translation. A fool has no delight in understanding, but only in revealing his personal opinions. And himself. That's the fool's objective. He's not trying to learn anything. Not today, not tomorrow, not next year. A fool just wants to make sure you know what I think. A fool, the NIV says, a fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but delights in airing his own opinions. Only in revealing his own mind, another one says. You'll find so many people are not good listeners. If they hush long enough to hear something that somebody else has to say, really they're just kind of looking and nodding. They're not paying attention. They're loading their pistols behind their back of what they're going to say as soon as the other person is quiet. A fool does not delight or have interest in understanding, but only wants to air what I think. And so since the fool is thinking about what they think all the time, and their main objective is to let everybody else know what I think, then they're talking all the time about what I think, what I see, what I know, what I think, where I've been, my revelation, my experience, me, me, I, I. That's a fool. Now, uh, back up. Let's see. You can't back up too much further there. Uh, Look at verse 4. The words of a man's mouth are as deep waters. Now he's talking about a wise man. And the wellspring of wisdom as a flowing brook. Verse 6. A fool's lips enter into contention and his mouth calls for strokes. When his mouth opens, he's calling for punishment. (laughs) Says the words of a talebearer are as wounds and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. 
But we're having fun tonight, aren't we? (laughs) Glory to God. Of course, now a wise person wants to know these things. Is that right? Wants to understand. And last week, you know what we talk about. If you want to be wise, you must love what? Instruction and correction. Even rebuke. Right? Fools don't. Fools despise correction. But a wise person is thankful for it and values it. Now let's just back up earlier in the book of Proverbs and take some time. And go verse to verse. And see what the scripture says about this subject. We're just going to pick out the ones that pertain to wisdom and words. Can you handle it tonight? Do you want to be wise? Do you desire it enough to get a hold of your mouth? (laughs) Did you hear how weak that was? That was like... uh. Because that's something you got to deal with. Every day and every night, right? Some good news though. You can train your tongue. Just like a dog can be trained. It's like a dolphin can be trained. Jump through a hoop. I mean, you can train your tongue to speak wisely. When to be quiet. How to say something. No matter how you feel. Hold your place here and go to James. You know uh, what we're getting into now. Is not just milk. Did you know that? That's to me that's encouraging. Says something about you. James. He said verse 5. Of chapter 3. James 3, 5, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. You can start a huge fire with just a little bit of kindling and you can start a huge mess with just a few wrong words. Can't you? Now on the other side of it, you can start a miracle. Right? With the right words. The tongue is a fire. Verse 7, every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and has been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. People say, well, Brother Keith, that you said it could be tamed. Well, if you couldn't tame it, why even talk about it? Why even have any of this in here if we can't help it? No, he's talking about you taming another creature. And when you try to tame somebody else's tongue, including your spouse, you cannot tame somebody else's tongue. Can you control your own? No question about it. You can. Back up to the beginning of the chapter and see this. He said, verse 2, In many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. That's a complete man, a mature man. Would that be a wise man? Certainly, certainly. And able also to bridle the whole body. Does God want us to grow up? Can we mature? 
Can we control our tongue and our words? Yes, Yes, we can. Is it a big key to us growing up, becoming mature, becoming wise? Well, then with that in mind, go on back now to to Proverbs, the sixth chapter. And I'm just going to take you from verse to verse here in the book of Proverbs. Mark them if you're not familiar with these. If you want to, like I did in my Bible, I just put a T by the verse for tongue. And so then if you want to sometime, you go back and go through that real quickly. You got them all marked. Let's go from one to the other. In uh, Proverbs, the sixth chapter, verse two. Says you are snared with the words of your mouth. You're taken with the words of your mouth. Can your words snare you? Can they imprison you? They can. Skip over to the eighth chapter. I'm just, some of them I'm going to come in on, some I'm just going to read. Chapter eight, I think we read enough of that. Uh, go straight on to ten. Chapter ten, verse eleven. The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Think about when people cuss. They curse this and they curse that and they blaspheme this and they curse that. It's not just the words. Words are just letters grouped together. But you can hear somebody cuss in English and somebody cuss in Spanish and somebody cuss in Russian and somebody cuss in Italian and you wouldn't even have to know what they said. Right? To know they're cussing. Why? Because the spirit of it's the same. Words are containers. You can take H-E-L-L-O and put all kind of things in it. You can say, hello. 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 Right? Same word. Words are simply containers, cups, that we put something in and minister to somebody else. Right? Now, notice in this, he said the mouth of a righteous man, what's in those words? It's like drawing living water out of the well of life. It's like giving somebody a cold Fresh drink in the hot summertime. Right? But the mouth of the wicked, there's violence in their mouth. You can hear it. You can feel it. Hate. Disgust. Anger. Verse 13. In the lips of him that has understanding, wisdom is found. Did you get that? Wisdom is found. Verse 14, wise men lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. Verse 17, he that's in the way of life keeps instruction, but he that refuses reproof errs. He that hides hatred with lying lips, and he that utters a slander is a fool. Let's just stop right here. 
What does that mean, hides hatred with lying lips? Hmm? Oh, we just love you. Oh, we just love you so much. And then their heart to go, and I can't stand you. That's a fool. Or utters a slander. A slander. Berating somebody. Tearing them down. Slandering them. Only fools do that. He goes on to say, verse 19, In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin. But he that refrains his lips is wise. If you're always talking, you're always sinning. Right? In the multitude of words, there's no lack or want for sin. But he that refrains his lips is what? Is wise. Wise. What if you don't know what to say? Be quiet. Be quiet. Verse 21. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of wisdom. Skip on down to the 14th chapter. Oh, I'm moving too fast. Look at verse chapter 12 and verse 13. Now, verse 9. How much time do we have here tonight? Help me out. 11.9. A hypocrite with his mouth does what? Are you in Proverbs 11.9? Yeah, I'm back to 11 now. 11, 9. Are you there now? Yes. A hypocrite with his mouth does what? Destroy. Have people been destroyed before because of people's mouths? Yes, yes they have. Skip down to verse uh, 12. He that's void of wisdom despises his neighbor, but a man of understanding does what? He holds his peace. A talebearer does what? Reveals secrets. Now see, nobody would like to be identified with a talebearer. Nobody would call themselves a talebearer. But if you tell something that's supposed to be secret, what are you? You are a talebearer, and there's a lot of bad things said about talebearers. Let's go over this real slow. Somebody says, now, don't tell anybody about this. Not anybody. Nobody. And you say, right, right, I won't tell anybody. How many people can you tell now None. without being a liar? None. Of course, you tell your spouse and your friend you pray with. How many people? None. Why is that so confusing? If somebody says, don't tell anybody, and you say, right, I won't tell anybody. How many people can you tell and not be a liar? How many? You cannot tell one person. You can't tell another soul. Or you're a liar. And you're a talebearer, A revealer of secrets. You know, so many people are unfaithful. I'm talking about Christians. I'm talking about ministers. 
I've been in closed meetings before where important things were being discussed about major areas of ministry. And the leader said, please, please now, do not let this get out of these walls. And I mean, that afternoon, somebody calls me from the West Coast and asks me about it. (laughs) Well, (laughs) the person pled with us. And the very reason we were there was because of confidence. Right? But so many times, you know, people think, well, I know they said don't tell, but I can tell so-and-so because they won't tell anybody. Now, look, you know, this is secret. I'm not supposed to tell anybody, but I'm going to tell you so you don't tell anybody. And then they'll have three people that they can tell that won't tell anybody. And then they have a couple of people, each one of them, that they could tell that won't tell a soul. And everybody knows. Right? Is this okay? It's being unfaithful. It's being a tale-bearer. What does the next phrase say? A tale-bearer reveals secrets, but what? He that's of a faithful spirit does what? Conceals. Conceals means covers up. Nobody can see it. Nobody knows it. It's concealed. Conceal. I'm going to go over this again real slow now. You say you're not going to tell anybody. Somebody says, don't tell anybody about this. How many people can you tell now? Not even one. None. None. Or you are a tale bearer, a revealer of secrets, an unfaithful person. Well, I know you were glad about this tonight. Right? You want to be wise. Right? You're hungry for it. You're crying out, wisdom, wisdom. And wisdom has answered tonight and said, shut up. (laughs) Right? So now we find out, are we serious? Huh? Or do we just want to talk? (laughs) You do know most churchgoers are not doers. Now, of course, the ratio is very different at Faith Life Church. (laughs) And you ought to say that over your church, too. Right? We're doers. Not just hearers only. Doers. Doers. Say it out loud. There's a time to speak. There's a time to be quiet. A wise person's heart discerns time and judgment. Wisdom of God is in us to do this. Can you say amen? Amen. Skip over to the 12th chapter now. 12th chapter. Verse 14. A man shall be satisfied. How? With good. How? By the fruit of his mouth. So important, friend. What if you're saying, you know, some people, even in this place, prayed in the nighttime, God, I am so miserable. I'm so dissatisfied. I'm so unhappy in this situation. I'm so unhappy. You will not eat good like that. You want to eat good? You want to be satisfied? What must you do? The fruit of your mouth must be speaking towards it. 
You may be in emotional pain. You may be in such discomfort. But out of your mouth you've got to say, God will satisfy me. God is bringing me into the right place for my life. He's revealing His plan to me and His wisdom. He's adding to me all that I need and I will be satisfied and I will be complete and I'll wind up perfect and entire wanting nothing. You talk like that night and day. Listen, friends, do not talk about what you don't know What you don't have, what you can't do, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Sow your seed and then talk about what you're going to have and what you're going to be able to do, right? Talk about what you know and in that light, more light will come. Check yourself. Now, if you catch yourself talking about what you don't have, you're dissatisfied. I don't have this. I don't have that. We don't have this. It only breeds more discontent and it ministers darkness to you. A cloud brings confusion. Don't talk about what you don't know, what you don't have, what you can't do. Because what does the Bible say? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We've been given all things that pertain unto life and godliness. All things are ours. Right? I have the mind of Christ. I have the unction of the Holy One. I know what to do. I'll do the right thing. He's ordering my steps. He's leading me. He's guiding me. See, talk that night and day and you will eat good and you will be satisfied from the fruit of your mouth. Hallelujah. Anything that's not right in your life, start talking right about it. Start talking good over it. It'll affect the change. He also said in verse 18, There is that speaks like the piercings of a sword. Are there words that cut people? That go through them like a knife? Can, you know, people say, well, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's not a scripture and it's not true. Words can hurt. They can pierce like a sword. But the tongue of the what? Now let you stop right here. What kind of person is piercing people with words? A fool. A fool. Just says anything and don't think about how it's going to affect people or how it's going to hurt them. Wise person, the tongue of the wise is what? Just like words can pierce people and hurt them, a good word can heal. I'm not talking about preachers now only. This is not a preacher verse. This is for anybody that will be wise. You can develop in putting faith and love into your words to the point where you can look at somebody and smile and say a kind word and literally healing comes into them. Without any fanfare. Without even touching them. You're not praying for them. 
God will show you the right thing to say at the right time. Another verse in here says that right word. It's like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. It's beautiful. It's the perfect word for that situation for that time is life. It can bring healing. I was telling somebody the other day, early in our embarking into aviation in the ministry, which is a substantial undertaking, I had a little single engine airplane. And the Lord dealt with me to sow seed and believe for a jet. It seemed impossible that I could even have money to put gas in it. Must less have one. And he also dealt with me that it could be a tool for me to assist Brother Hagen. Well, his ministry is huge. I'm his helper. <laughs> it didn't sound reasonable. And over the course of the next few months, they got a plane. Well, it sounds even more far-fetched now. They got a nice one. This was years ago. Well, I was riding one day. In the jump seat of uh, Brother Mac Hammond, of Living Word, you know, Minneapolis. And we've been, Phyllis and myself, and he and Miss Lynn have been friends a long time, and ministered in their church many times. And I hadn't told anybody. That's another thing about wisdom won't tell just anybody about your plans and your heart. But I, something came up in me, and he was an ace pilot in the war, and Owned his own freight company with airplanes. You're talking about knowing aviation. He knows aviation. Been in it for decades and decades. And I told him. I thought he might tell me, you know, well, you know, in 10 years or 20 years, you might do this or that. I just, I said, you know, I got it on my heart. So seed and step from where I am to a jet. He looked at me. He said, Keith. You can have anything you can believe for. Anything. That didn't pierce me. That didn't knock my dream out. Are you with me now? Now see, here's a man who understands what it takes to do this kind of thing. He could have said, okay, Keith, uh, man, brother, you know, get you a little twin and fly that for 10 years and maybe you can step up to a turboprop and then maybe, you know, cause you gotta learn how to fly this thing yourself and it's just, there's so many reasons why it shouldn't work. But he just looks at me and says, Keith, you can have anything you can believe for. It ministered health to me. It ministered strength. When he said that, I thought, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Quit thinking about what it's going to take to do it. Yes, I can. So I begin actively, aggressively speaking to myself and saying, it's coming. It's coming. I'll have it. I went to school and got trained on it when I didn't have it. And here it came. Less, well, it's less than two years. It was sitting in the hangar, paid for. And one cold night, about two in the morning, the phone rang. Brother Hagen. He said, Keith. I said, yes, sir. He said, you said if I ever need that plane to call. I said, yes, sir. Well, ours broke down up here in Indianapolis. I said, I'll be there as soon as I can. It was cold. It was late. 
But I was thrilled. I was so thrilled. I thought, oh, glory to God. I get to go pick up Brother Hagin. I ripped up there, throw the door open and said, let's go home. And there was another time I got to take him to do a TV thing at TBN, another thing, you know, that worked. God knows what he's talking about. Right? But there are junctures in people's life where the discouraging word is the last thing they need to hear. Man, they it looks so big to them already. That a piercing word and a hurtful word never let the enemy use you to help destroy somebody's dream. Maybe you know all kind of reasons that why they shouldn't do it that they don't know. Maybe you know all kind of stuff, but do you say everything you know? No. I'm sure Brother Mac could have wrote a book on why I shouldn't do that. But he was spiritual enough to ignore all that. And realize I didn't just ask him off the top of my head that I'd prayed about it. Right? And encourage me. And put something into me. The Bible said don't let any corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Just that which is good to the use of edifying, building up, that it may minister grace to the hearers. See, that's what God intends, that we control ourselves, we control our tongues, and we watch what comes out of our mouth, and we become skilled in every situation to know what to look to the Holy Ghost and know what to say that will just boost people. It'll just strengthen them. It'll just quicken them. Whether in a little way or a big way or something in between. But it never tears them down and it never takes out. It always edifies, builds up. Can you say amen? Amen. A wise person speaks like this every day of their life. Hallelujah. Skip down to the 13th chapter. Can you take some more? 13.3 He that keeps his mouth keeps his life. And I said, Brother Keith, do you have to watch everything you say? No, the next part deals with that. (laughs) He that opens wide his lips you can say anything you want to shall have what? Destruction. 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 (laughs) Let's see. Uh, Skip down to 15 for time's sake. 15. Verse 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Is there a difference in how you say something? Oh, you can say exactly the same thing, but just change your tone and get a completely different response. Can't you? And see, that's wisdom. Wisdom is not just knowing, you know, knowledge. Maybe you know what to say, what needs to be said. Understanding. Maybe you understand why it needs to be said. But wisdom Knows when to say it. And how. Right? The delivery. 
I had a fellow tell me one time, well, my job is just to tell people the truth. That's all I, I'm supposed to tell them the truth. They can do what they want to with it. That ain't my problem. I just tell, I said, no, it's not. He said, yes, it is. I said, no, it's not. The Bible said, speaking the truth in love. So make a difference how you tell somebody something. And you'll find young Christians, they first find out about faith, they first find out about healing, first find out about prosperity, usually make half their family mad about it. <laughs> and irritate the people they work with. Huh? I don't understand. It's true. It ain't the fact that it's true. It's you. It's how you deliver it. I mean, I could cook you a T-bone. And a big baked potato and nice dressing and put it all up and shove it in your face and go, here it is. (laughs) Eat it. (laughs) You won't enjoy it as much. You're wearing part of it. (laughs) Right? It's just somewhere or another that just affects your appetite. Right? You just. Oh, but if it's laid out in the right manner. Right? Here's a course. Take it away. Here's another course. Take it away. Here's another course. Right? Looks good. Feels good. You're relaxed. You'll just keep receiving and receiving. Till you're full. Right? The Bible also says the sweetness of the lips increases learning. Did you hear that? Does it matter how you say something? How you say something. You can come bumfuzzled in and throw your hand down on the counter and say, I got to have something done now. I can't wait. What did you just minister to those people? Anxiety? Fear? Unbelief? And most people, you know, it could be different, but most people are not spiritual enough to just be totally unaffected by that. Most people are not reading their chapter every day and feeding on the Word of God all the time. They're already partly that way. So they just get into it more with you. But it takes strength to feel frustrated, to feel pushed, to feel pressured, but nobody knows it. You just smile and say in the right way, I see you're real busy. Uh, Do you have time? To look at my thing? Hmm? You've already prayed under your breath. Lord, give me favor. Prosper this thing today. Help me not to waste any time. Right? And in faith, you're in rest. And you live like that, you live longer. Much longer. Right? Pacing the floor, pulling your hair. Move, move, move. I got to move, move, move. I'm a mover and a shaker. I got four cell phones. And I got the fax machine running. And I got three different email compartments. And I got something in the microwave. Because I'm a mover and a shaker. I'm a mover and a shaker. I'm a mover and a shaker. Mover and a shaker. And I'd rather wear out than rust out. Wear out than rust out. No, I'd rather wear out than rust out. Well, you'll wear out all right. Have you ever stopped to think 
about how much intense effort it takes to make up for 20 less years of life. How are you going to make that up? Working from daylight to dark. You can't. You'd be better off slowing down. Staying here longer. Right? And your words affect how you think and how you move through the day and through life. Let me see if I can give you some more. Find a place to unhook here. 17. Skip over there for time's sake. 17. 17 and 27. He that has knowledge does what? Spares his words. And a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit, or the margin of my Bible says, cool. Cool spirit. That's as opposed to hot-headed, quick-tempered, flustered and frustrated. It's a contradiction of terms to be flustered and frustrated and vexed and now the next breath say I'm a faith person. It's a contradiction of terminology. He that has knowledge does what? Spares his words. And a man of understanding is of an excellent, cool spirit. Said out loud, I have a cool spirit. Verse 28. Even a fool, when he holds his peace, is counted wise. Didn't say he was wise. It just says people think he is. If he just be quiet. He that shuts his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. If you don't know about something, it's not time to talk. You open your mouth and start, you know, (laughs) have you ever seen this? Somebody who knows nothing about what they're talking about starts trying to talk about it with experts. What is that? That's a fool. It's time to be quiet and listen because this is not your area. But have you ever heard folks that thought everything was their area? (laughs) They're an expert on everything. Makes no difference. What you bring up, they know about it. They've seen it. They've heard it. Yeah, they know. It's kind of what's that commercial? They stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night. (laughs) Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's about all the qualifications a lot of folk have. Yeah, I woke up this morning, so I know. Yeah. <laughs> don't pretend you know when you don't. Don't try to act like you do when you don't. It cuts you off from further revelation. It can work into dangerous situations. Can't it? If you don't know, ask. Don't pretend you know when you don't. Humility asks. Pride assumes. Humility asks. Say that out loud. Pride assumes. assumes. Humility asks. asks. Even if you think you know, what does it hurt to ask? Huh? Even if you think you're sure, what does it hurt to ask? Skip down to 18. Chapter 18 and 20. A man's belly Will be satisfied with what? 
the fruit of his mouth and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Is that true? I mean, that's an unnecessary question you would think. But do we really believe this? What we say every day when we open our mouth, our words, are they producing death or life? Would we presume that where we are right now, everything we're saying is producing life? Every word we're saying. Should be, but it's not that way. This is one of the most challenging, one of the biggest areas you'll ever deal with in your whole life. Controlling your tongue. Controlling your mouth. Because you're so tempted to say what you feel. You're so tempted to say what you think. You're so tempted to say what other people say. And if you just go to work and join in with people and talk like they do, you're going to be talking death. Aren't you? You're going to be talking destruction and death and why they do that and, and can't do this. You'll find if you're continuously talking, you're either talking probably about what you think about yourself or you're talking about somebody else's faults. Most of the time when folk are just talking, 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 are they talking about their self or they're talking about somebody else's faults? Both of those are wrong. Boy, we're having fun tonight. (laughs) Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it, they that love what? You love death, you'll talk death, and you'll eat death. If you love life, you'll talk life, and you'll eat life. Somebody say, I'm a life talker. I talk strength. I talk blessing. And that's all. Hallelujah. A couple of more. You got time for a couple of more? We saw this already, but let's see it again. 21-23. 21-23. Whoso keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from troubles. You want to save yourself from troubles tomorrow? And the next day, what do you do? Watch. That mouth. Watch that mouth. Go to the 29th chapter. Proverbs 29. 11. 29, 11. A fool does what? He spills the beans. Is that right? He tells everything. Everything he ever saw or felt or thought or heard. On and on and on. And if a fool's forehead was a TV screen. And you could see what was playing. Every show would be about them. Even the commercials are about them. Everything is about them. They're thinking about them, them, them. And they tell everything that they think and they see. That's a fool. No wonder they're so discouraged, even nauseated. All they ever see and think about is their self. But that's not me and you. I said, that's not me and you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Some folks think, I've had all this I could take right now. Well, just, just a little bit more. 
It'll help you besides that. It'll do you good. A fool utters all his mind. Somebody say, not me. me. Now, it's easy enough to say that. But if you're really doing it, then you will catch yourself tonight and tomorrow not telling it all. Reserving some. Hmm? If you're thinking, I'm not through, I'm not through. You gotta reserve some. <laughs> so I said, won't you reserve some tonight? <laughs> I am! <laughs> I'm reserving more than you think. But what a wise man keeps it in till later. Right? Afterwards. A fool utters all his mind. But a wise man keeps it in till afterwards. Can you train yourself to do this? Yes, you can. Should you? Would it benefit you? Would it save you from troubles? Oh, untold. And finally in Proverbs 30, and I'll reserve some. I think you know I didn't nearly cover all of them. Oh, this is just, just a sprinkling. Proverbs 30 and 32. If you have done foolishly, in lifting up yourself. Or if you've thought evil. What do you do? <laughs> Show me how you do it. What, you <laughs> do you need to be that physical? Sometimes you need to catch yourself and go. Mm, mm. <laughs> I've already said too much. Right? Does it make a difference? Death and life is in the power of the tongue. Stand on your feet, please. Let me lead you in a prayer here. Now you can leave tonight and do nothing with this. Or you can immediately begin to apply this and watch every word that comes out of your mouth. Will it be easy? No. Will it be fun? No. Will you have to keep on and keep on and keep on? Will you keep catching yourself and catching yourself and catch? Yeah. Is it worth it? Oh. There is no other way to develop in wisdom. You cannot ignore this message that was not so fun and shouting tonight. And so I'm going to listen to the rest of those wisdom tapes. And I like that wisdom stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But tonight I just wasn't very excited. You can't leave this part out. You leave this part out and it'll be for naught that you listen to the rest of it. This part must be acted upon to grow. So close your eyes. Say it out loud, Father God. Father God I, pray. I pray. Set a watch. At the door of my lips. There's not a thought. Or a word in me. 
but you know it all together. Before it's spoken. Alert me before I say the wrong thing. Check me lest I speak it. I'll watch. I'll pay attention to you. I'll listen to you. By your grace, I can and I will order my words aright and speak as the wise and direct my words with your wisdom and your grace and only say that which edifies. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.